You're listening to Talking Sense. We chat with experts about those need-to-know topics to help millennials get ahead. We ask the dumb questions. It's a platform to learn a little about a lot. Welcome to another episode of Talking Sense and today we want to discuss all the things that uh, will be changing for health insurance coming forward. So if you guys didn't already know that on the 1st of April each year, premiums for health insurance change and this year is no different, they'll be changing again um, but there's also some other changes that are happening. So we thought the best way to tackle this issue was to talk to Andrew and now Andrew is the CEO of Health Insurance Comparison and we spoke to him in episode 11, I think it was. Caitlin was down in Melbourne and she interviewed him just about um, private versus public health. And so we've got Andrew back here again to just talk about what's happening April 1 and what it means for millennials. So welcome, Andrew. It's great to have you on board again. Thanks, Rachel. Good to be here. I probably should say that Caitlin isn't here and that's because we're doing this um, episode over Skype because Andrew's in Melbourne and we're in Brisbane here. And sometimes our sound doesn't work too well when there's two of us because we talk over each other or we laugh or whatever. So we're, we're giving it a crack, just me today. So hopefully it's still as enjoyable as, as it normally is for the both of us. But anyway, Andrew, tell us about what we should be looking out for on the 1st of April. So as you said, 1st of April, the, the rates will go up, all the rates will go up, and uh, that happens every year, so you should always look out for that. The average premium increase this year is actually a relatively modest one at 3.25%, still well above inflation and well above what wages um, are going up by, but, but pretty good for health insurance. And you should have a look at your health insurance, and if yours is going up any more than that, then that's certainly something worth looking at. But over and above that this year, um, the government reform forms that have been spoken about for the last couple of years are actually most of them coming into play mm-hmm. and they include a number of changes to the way health insurance works. Maybe the uh, the first one and what might be of most interest to your listeners is that for the first time health funds are going to be allowed to provide discounts to younger members. People who are our target listeners sort of thing, 25 and above. Correct, correct. So basically from the age of 18 actually, um, although most people start their parents cover at that age, but yes. not, not everyone. From the age of 18 to 25, that's when you'll, you'll have the maximum allowable discount, which is 10%, which doesn't sound a lot, but the advantage of that discount is that you can keep that discount so long as you stay in the policy until you're into your 40s. So cumulatively, yeah. over, over a long period of time, you know, it can, be, it can be worth a reasonable amount of money. If you're um, older than 25 and younger than 30, then you can you also have access to a discount, but it, it sort of drops each year. So at 26, it's 8%, and 27, it's 6%, etc. And again, you can keep that discount until you're into your 40s. Awesome. Okay, so before we go into too much about the discounts, because I know there's lots of different aspects to it, yep. let's just talk, touch on the premium. So they increase every year, and that's to reflect um, inflation and whatnot. So people shouldn't be mad about it. I'm sure that they're not happy to have to be paying more, but this is something that happens every year. Yeah. So... On average, how much more will people pay? So, you said 3%. I guess that's doing some quick maths right now. Will people really feel the difference? And, um, yeah, what should they be looking out for when they see how much their insurance is going up by? Yeah, so, so look, as you say, it, it, it is reflecting inflation and it's inf- reflecting health inflation and health inflation always runs above 
overall inflation. Um, and that's a reflection on the fact that people are using more services and that the population is aging. So if look, if someone's paying $1,000 a year right, and, it, and, and it's going up by, um, by 3%, it's going up by $30. So that may or may not be significant. Not everyone's going up by 3% is the important point. Some policies might go up by 6 or 7 or 8%, right? Um, and... The real, the really important thing is actually just to make sure it's actually has on it what you need and what you're using and and and, and what you want to be covered for, and that that's generally worth to you much more than you know, much more than three percent. Uh, yeah, so you can use this time knowing that your premiums are going up to have a look at what you are paying for, and then sort of go from there. Like it's almost a forced reminder to check back in on your health insurance. Yeah, so so I mean, for example, let's say you've changed dentists, you get your teeth cleaned somewhere else, right? So it might be that where you were before, you had no gap, so you were walking in and out, and you weren't paying any out of pocket. I um, mean, now with a new dentist, you've actually got a a big gap, you might be paying $100, $150, you know, to, just to get your teeth cleaned. So, that, I mean, that would be an example of, well, there'll be a health fund around actually w- where you won't have to pay that um, and your yeah. premium will in all likelihood be very close to, to your old premium and if that's a service used regularly, then that would be worthwhile, right, or a physio or glasses or, or, or something like that. Um, whilst at the same time, she's sort of touching base to make sure that your hospital cover is sort of adequate for where you are in your life and it might be that... You know, um, a year has passed and your situation's changed, and you might need more cover or you might need less cover, depending on you know, depending on on, on, on what's happened. On what's happened, yeah. That's um, I think that's a really good point to take in account. Like, just maybe take a few hours or whatever it takes to reflect on what you are paying for and what you potentially don't need. And the really good thing is, in Australia, if you change your health insurance policies, you don't have to do the waiting time again, do you? That's right. That's a key to the way health insurance is regulated. Um, and it's quite yeah. different to other insurances. Uh, you, you, you don't need to reserve waiting periods. Um, the maximum yeah. waiting period for anything is 12 months anyway, even if you have a pre-existing condition. But if you've had previous cover um, and you're covered for it, then you can use it from day one. And, and it's interesting we, about people who have pre-existing conditions. I know with things like life insurance and other things, people think, well, I've got a pre-existing condition so they won't cover me. Health insurance doesn't work that way. And it's, a re- it's really important <laughs> that people understand that. So even if, you, if, if you've got family history of things or you've got a pre-existing condition, yes, you'll have to wait. If you're new to health insurance, you might have to wait 12 months before you can claim on that. But after that 12 months, Right, I mean, it's it's fully claimable, um, regardless yeah. of the fact that that existed. Um, it, it was there beforehand, and yeah. it won't take a couple of hours. You, you know, I think you know, especially if you if you spend a bit of time online, and then if you speak to someone for ten or fifteen minutes, you'll you'll have a good you'll have a good understanding about whether you should sort of stay where you are, or whether whether it's worthwhile. Uh, there's, there might be something better out there. Yeah, so our listeners should get out there and in one lunch break if they work in an office or one weekend if they can, should really just take an hour. You're saying it wouldn't take a couple of hours. It doesn't take long at all just to do that health check of your health insurance, yeah. We're finding that that people are saving, you know, several hundred dollars. It's not a one-off It's because it's an every-year thing. So it's a reasonable return on investment for an hour. If you think about what your hourly rate is, it probably is a very reasonable investment to spend an hour. So that's good. Sometimes we need a reminder to to do that. So hopefully this episode can be that for people. So we know you've just mentioned rates go up. So does anything else change? So your excess, does that increase with the percentage increase as well? Or is that do they stay standard if your policy... Yeah, so your excess odd that you have on your policy will stay the same. And what's yep. changed in relation to excess? 
excesses is that the maximum allowable excess was $500 for a single um, or $1,000 for a couple or, or family. You, you can now get policies from the 1st of April, you'll be able to get policies which actually have a $750 excess. So the good thing about that is, is, is if you go to hospital, you only pay your excess when you're at hospital. You don't pay it at the dentist or at glasses or whatever. Um, and you only pay the maximum of once in a, in a year. Okay, so again, unlike car insurance, where every time you smash your car, you've got to pay your excess. You know, with, if you have a bad run and you're in hospital for a few times, you only pay the excess the first time, you know, once in a year. So some people will choose to actually reduce their premium by going onto a higher excess policy. Um, yeah, which at first sounds a bit contradictory. So you think, why would I want to pay more excess? But if it means lower premiums, correct. And then you only have to pay the one-off excess. You're you're better off. Yeah, yeah, and especially young people, they you know they they have the health, they have the hospital cover um, for just in case and for big yeah. things. And you know when you, when you go to the hospital, it could be twenty thousand, it could be fifty thousand. You know you want you just want to be covered for it. So for people who can come up with seven hundred fifty dollars, right? Um, you know, it's an additional two hundred fifty dollars. It might be in their interest to pay a lower premium. It's really yes. about people's act. To some extent, this is about people's attitude to to excesses and how that works. Some people hate excesses, right? And will prefer to pay a bit more so that they. Um, they have a low excess or no excess. Yes, okay. Um, but I, I do see the benefit that uh, like I can't, I haven't been to hospital, um, so I could be very happy to have a higher excess. And it means that if I did have to go to hospital, I might have to pay that 250 more, but the chances of me having to go to hospital in the next five years are probably pretty low in comparison to people that are older. That's right. And you'll get to the 250 quite quickly, yeah. certainly in less than a year of lower premiums. Um, because yes. if you think about the way that the, the the insurers think about it, they say, well, the people who want no excess, right, or low excess are, most, are more likely to be the people who are frequent users yes. um, of the hospital and therefore the premium will be, you know, will be higher. So, um, yeah, it's certainly worth considering. It, it, it's a good report reform. I mean, there's an argument that actually it's not enough. Certainly yep. overseas, you know, you can get health insurance policies where you have excess of a couple of thousand dollars, but that's not the case here. The maximum, the maximum will be seven fifty. Yeah, each time. Yeah, oh, not each time, but yeah, each policy can't have more than seven fifty. Okay. Now let's talk about the other changes that um, the government's brought in. So first, I think the most exciting for millennials is the discounts that are going to be allowed going forward. Yeah, so that's what I mentioned before that there could be a maximum discount of about of ten percent, and that discount will apply so long as you stay in that policy um, until you're into your 40s. It sort of starts phasing down from 40. And if you take it out by the age of 25, then you get the full 10% and it's a reduced amount until 30, where if, you, if you're over 30, you, you, know, you, don't, you don't get the discount. Um, yeah, so it's really trying to encourage those people between 25 and 30 to get health insurance. That's right. That's right. Yeah. So, so not all funds are offering it. It's not compulsory for all funds to offer it, but a lot of funds will from the 1st of April and some of the smaller funds, I think, will come on board um, a bit later. Having said that, you know, a, a discount is not a reason to buy a policy. So you, you, you want to make sure that the policy is actually right for you and, and meeting your needs. And no doubt there'll be instances where, you know, even with a 10% discount, it could still be more expensive than an alternative policy, right? So really the exercise needs to be find a policy that's right for you and you know, there's a reasonable chance that that discount will apply because it will apply to a, to a, to a lot of policies. But I wouldn't start by making the, the discount a search, the search criteria, right? Yes, yeah. So speaking of search criteria, how do you, how will people find out which ones are offering the discounts? So, so I mean, the funds will will tell you if they're offering the discounts. I mean, I, I can tell you, for example, that um, 
at Bupa will be offering um, the discount. NIB will be offering the discount. Um, HCF at this stage are not offering are not offering a discount, but they may later. So so each fund, you know, each fund will uh, certainly the ones who are offering it will make it you know, very public. Very no, yeah. But what you were saying before is that yeah, you have to look for what policy because you have to keep that same policy to retain the discount. That's at right. The moment. That's right. And in my personal opinion, that's sort of a slight flaw in terms of the, the, the way that it's been designed by the government because someone at 25 might have very different um, needs and views of what they need on their cover compared to someone at 32 or 35 or whatever. So when you, when you, the way it's set up at the moment um, is that if you change policies, then the discount doesn't continue. Doesn't continue. And I can see exactly what you're saying through that because I am turning 25 in July, so I need to work out very quickly what insurance I will be going with because I get kicked off my parents, which I'm very grateful I've had for the last however long but I will be looking at a policy and then there's no reason for me to say get pregnancy cover on my insurance because I'm still only 25 but I can imagine I'd need that in say five years but if I had to change policies then you lose that discount and then I can see that that's where the issues arise in terms of the benefit of the discount but if you uh, you know I guess you can find a policy that will cover you for 15 years and you're pretty happy with that the prices and it could be like a big benefit in the end that's right that's right so so I mean in that case you know you've got five years of value out of it so long as it's the right policy um, it's obviously not 15 years but but you know I guess five years is better than is, is better than nothing it's better than nothing yeah. yeah and we do love a good discount I think there's something yeah. very satisfying about getting a discount so I can see the, the marketing benefits for sure I'm sure we'll be seeing a lot of those new ads from us April 1st saying millennials can get discounts and whatnot it'll be interesting when they asked me what I thought I said to them that I didn't think 10 was a particularly big number. Um, and, yeah. Uh, but um, but yes. in their defence, it's understandable why they needed to keep the number modest because they wanted to run for a number of years um, and, mm. and to, to commit to 20 or 25%, you know, for 15 years is, is, is a big ask. Yeah, that is. And that's, yeah, a lot of savings over time. So I can see a lot of people probably would use and abuse that a bit too much potentially. So are there any other changes? We've talked about the um, excess, we've talked about um, the discounts and premiums. Are are any other changes coming in or even potential changes if we have a change of government? Okay, so the answer is yes. So let's just talk about the change of government first. Yeah. So the Labor Party said that there'll be two things that that they're going to do. One is they will cap premium increases at 2% um, for the next two years. So what was you know three an average of three point two five this year will be less next year and the year after. So yep. that's that that'll be interesting. And the other thing that they said they do they're going to set up like a, the Productivity Commission is going to have a look at health insurance. So what that will probably mean is that is that over time you know, there'll be some more sort of changes to, to the way that it's set up. Um, so we'll have to wait to see 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 how that pans out. In terms of yeah. other ch- real changes that are coming in. Um, now, all health insurance policies are now, now need to be set out at particular levels and labelled labelled with a particular level. So the highest is gold, and then there's a level called silver, and then bronze, and then basic. The idea is to simplify and to sort of give a label so that people can sort of see where things are at. So gold cover essentially covers everything. Silver cover covers pretty much everything. The only things that are allowed to be excluded um, on a silver cover, pregnancy, cataracts, joint replacements, dialysis, 
um, weight loss surgery. And then a bronze has some more exclusions, like you can ex- heart surgery, back surgery can be excluded on the bronze, and a basic is really like an accident cover. So, so those levels should make it easier for people to be able to sort of compare their covers and see where they're at. The complexity, though, is that it's not just those four levels because in between the levels there are sort of plus levels. So a silver plus, for example, is everything that's sort of required to be in a silver cover plus it might have a few of those those additional services that are not required. And similarly with the bronze plus and similarly with the basic plus. So essentially, they're going to be like seven levels of cover. Um, the good thing though, when you compare them, is that there are now some standard definitions of the services covered under the hospital's cover. So if you want to know what rehabilitation is, you know, there's a standard definition for rehabilitation and that's applied across all insurance policies. If you want to know what what lung and chest surgery is, then that, that's okay. defined in a particular way and that, and that applies across across all policies. That's good. I think that will definitely help people being able to compare like what you just said because often it can get so confusing when you're trying to work it out. So not being able to get tricked into thinking you're buying one thing and then it actually being not everything you thought it would be. So hopefully that does provide clarity for people, I suppose. Yeah, I think, look, I think that's right and it and, will and certainly give people sort of warning flags if they're going to be underinsured because, you know, if you're on a silver cover – and, and you look at something and it's a bronze cover, well, you, you'll know that something's missing and you need to understand what that is. And that might be okay, but it, it'll give you some clarity about, about what that is. Now, yeah. these definitions only apply to the hospital component and these, and these ratings and levels, they don't apply to the extras. So the extras is still sort of a, you know, sort of a free-for-all. Where, I mean, each fund has several levels of, of policy. And again, the exercise is really about working out what are the services that are important to you, what do you use frequently, what do you think you're likely to use frequently, who are your providers, because often different funds will have different benefits with different providers, and then sort of making sure you're getting, you know, getting the highest rebates for the services that you use most frequently. Yes, okay. For young people, the extras is typically much more frequently used than the hospital cover and, and actually where, where they tend to get the value out of their health insurance. Yeah, so you still need to spend some time comparing your excess if you need glasses or look for one with low excess for optical, but if you maybe go to the physio more, you, so that stuff isn't in the seven layers. That Correct. will still just be as per each fund, okay. And the other change relating to extras is that a few services are now no longer allowable to be covered by health insurance, by the extras, and they are some of the more modern, on on, on the edge sort of um, therapies like um, um, aromatherapy, um, naturopathy, yoga. And there's, there's a couple. There's a couple of other ones as well. They were typically found in policies under under the heading of natural therapies, and those particular natural therapies can no longer be covered. Things like osteopathy is still is still covered. Pilates can be covered if it's done in a class with a physio. A remedial massage is, is you know is still allowable and still covered. Yeah. So there's just a few because I actually have seen. I think the ABC News must have posted a blog or something about that, and then there was a lot of outraged people saying, you know, these alternative medicines are should be covered and everything but I can understand from a government perspective why it is a bit difficult because um, the government subsidised I remember you saying that last time that's right yeah. So the, go- the government's very susceptible to criticism that, that they're paying money towards these things, you know, when that money should go to you know, emergency emergency rooms or, yes. or people with cancer or whatever. Doctors lobby pretty hard against some of these 
these sort of alternative um, treatments as well. So I think it's you know, actually the health insurers actually I don't think they mind them because they they're actually quite happy to pay out for these sorts of things that young people like if it you know gets them in and they're saying health insurance it's, it's a lot less expensive than you know hospital uh, yes. costs but anyway that's how it is so those few services have been removed and anyone who had the policy which had those services will have received a letter from the health fund to say after the first of april we will no longer pay for these services yes okay awesome well thanks so much andrew i think um you always are really great at wrapping it up so maybe um, we'll just leave our listeners with like maybe one final thought or just some to-dos after this episode. Okay. So it's a time of fairly significant change in health insurance and it's really worthwhile just having a quick look at what you've got just to make sure that that it's working for you. Yeah. It's an important thing to have and at the end of the day, not only gives people peace of mind, but can also really have an impact. Most things that happen to people are not, I get hit, you know, I end up in an emergency department of a public hospital and Medicare mm-hmm. certainly uh, allows for that adequately, but rather something's wrong, you know, I want to choose a doctor and I want to get it dealt with and I want to get it dealt with quickly and that's what, that's what health insurance allows. That doesn't change here, but what does change is the way that covers are set up. So you just need to make sure that what you have is actually right for you and on the extra side it's just you can get so much value in the everyday things that you use um, out of extras so preventative dental glasses if you need glasses or physio or etc so it's just really about making sure that you know you've got that that side of it um, working for you and so yeah, that's what that's, I'd, that's what i'd recommend people have a, have a bit of a think about jump online and and, and just do that check and once you've done yep. that check not much will change I would say for at least another year so if, you, if you're sort of satisfied yourself that you've done that check then you can probably sort of sit back unless something you know major changes for you personally you can probably just sort of sit back and, um, and go from there yeah perfect well thank you so much Andrew really appreciate you coming on again so just for people this is Andrew Davison he's the CEO of healthinsurancecomparison.com.au and we'll put um, the website in our blog and link Andrew so people can put her face to the name and everything um, but thank you Andrew we really appreciate you being on another episode of Talking Sense Pleasure